Welcome in to this special edition podcast uh, for the Two Bucks Sports Pod. We just couldn't get enough of our audience. Uh, didn't have anything else to do this Friday afternoon, and so we decided to look at each other's ugly mugs and talk about the college football playoffs, among other things. So uh, welcome in, Uncle Buck. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Welcome, Rusty. Uh, this is fun. Uh, I like the special edition show. I do take exception to saying ugly mugs because uh, at least half my screen is beautiful right now. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. No, no other half. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, Rusty, when we uh, we talked last on Wednesday night, uh, we talked about all of our bowl games. And while I would like to say it was an intentional that we left out the biggest two bowl games <laughs> left right now on, on the schedule, um, I'd be lying if I said it was on purpose. Uh, <laughs> I blame our producer, Rusty, uh, because he had the lineup of games. <laughs> but uh, upon re uh, uh, listening to our show on Thursday, I was like, hey, uh, we never talked about the big ones. And so uh, lucky us because uh, we get to do another podcast real quick and uh, and talk about them more in depth. And uh, since then, we can also recap what has happened uh, last night. Mm. One good and one very good. So uh, we had some, some good happenings here in the last couple of uh, nights in the sports world, that's for sure. Oh, what's the good thing? Well, the good thing is the Memphis Grizzlies got back on their winning ways. Okay, so are you saying that Ole Miss losing is not good? No, I was going to say the better thing is Ole Miss <laughs> getting shellacked. <laughs> uh, yes, so the Grizzlies won big uh, mm-hmm. on – uh, that was Wednesday night. I'll be honest with you. Being off on a Friday um, due to the holiday weekend has really messed up what day I'm on because all day yeah. I've thought it's Saturday. And it doesn't help any that there's football on that I've been watching today. And sure. so it truly feels like a Saturday. And so, yeah. So Wednesday night, the Grizzlies got a big win on the Thursday road. night. It was last night. It was last night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thursday night, the Grizzlies <laughs> got a big win on the road against Toronto, a reeling mm-hmm. Toronto team. I mean, they've mm-hmm. lost – I believe it was five of the last six going into it. They were one of the teams that uh, would say would be on the bubble uh, for the Eastern Conference. They've had a superstar year so far from Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. He's truly been unbelievable. Uh, just the rest of the team has not been as good as they need it to be. And so they started off hot, but they have, they've come crashing down. Uh, but what good teams do and what we believe that Memphis is a good team. When, what good teams do is they beat the teams they should beat, and they beat them convincingly. And that's right. what happened. Um, Jaw was great. Dylan Brooks may have had his best game of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an incredible on both ends of the floor, mm-hmm. uh, including you know Dylan the villain. Uh, oh man, getting a uh, causing a tech for Pascal Siakam for because he just had enough. You know, so gotten a little pushing match with Pascal Siakam, and yeah. so you know. It's good. You got a. It was a double whammy because Pascal uh, got a technical, and then the coach got a technical for defending him. So, right. uh, and then of course Dylan's taking the free throws, hits both of them, <laughs> and gets the laugh and increases yeah. his villainous ways. Right. 
Yeah, man. Dylan Brooks' effect was in full force last night. He was living rent-free. And, and Siakam still had a good game. It's just it wasn't his normal game. And Dylan threw him off, you know, had a great night. I think he finished with 25 points, um, was relentless on the defensive end. What was really good to see, too, Drew, was uh, Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. as well. They looked more Absolutely. like their old selves. You know, Desmond was moving really well. His shots were starting to fall. He did foul out kind of early, but, like, just seeing him be aggressive was was phenomenal you know sight for sore eyes um trip had a good game last night had some great assists that behind the back pass he had like he looked he looked the part um that we've been expecting him to be all year uh we had two double doubles last night from steven adams and john morant uh all for the first time i thought this was an interesting stat for the first time since december the 9th all five grizzly starters scored in double figures so we found some offensive rhythm and that's big considering this team is not they have a superstar, which is something that the Grizzlies have never had. But they're still their biggest strength is not John Morant, but it's their depth and their mm-hmm. spacing and yeah. being able to play that offensive system as a team. And so if the team outside of Jaw yeah. is not hitting, then yeah. the team just you know, no matter what kind of stat line Jaw puts mm-hmm. up, it doesn't translate mm-hmm. to wins, like you said on the last pod, with them being five and seven in games where Ja scores over 30 points and mm-hmm. Ja didn't score over 30 in this game. So right. you know, yeah. it, it doesn't put a win in that column, but it does go to show when all five starters scoring double mm-hmm. figures, mm-hmm. you couple that with Ja, who set a career high for assists yesterday. Right. Um, I mean, the team's hard to beat. Yeah. And I think the biggest telling stat last night that we were playing the basketball that we wanted to play was because the Desmond shot was falling. Zaire hit a couple threes. Conchar, man, Conchar had a great game off the bench last night, shooting a three. And um, he missed the, missed the incredible putback goal. And I, I left-handed putback. Yeah. And I was sitting here, uh, my whole family is gathered around the TV watching it as if it's 1940s, and we're listening <laughs> to the listening to the radio, the Grand Ole Opry on the radio. Mm-hmm. That's how the setup we had watching the Grizzlies last night. And I got out of my seat when I saw him jump and i just oh man he missed it and my wife god love her she's like oh, that was still pretty cool and i was like nope gotta gotta Let dunk it you know but, if, uh, if, if you gotta if you got applause for every missed dunk john Morant would be michael jordan absolutely <laughs> absolutely but uh but with them coming back the biggest telling factor last night was we had 70 points in the paint last night uh we out rebounded toronto 53 to 21 uh, we had 37 assists last night, so we really got back to playing our kind of basketball, and it's because we could spread the floor out and the lane wasn't so congested. And we can spread the floor out, which is great offensively, but defensively, we do – our best performances are against teams that want to play small. Yeah. And when Good Steven point. Adams can dominate on the on the mm-hmm. boards offensively and defensively, mm-hmm. you can, uh, can kind of hide – Jaron on the wing player and let him mm-hmm. kind of play free safety defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do that when you've got Steven Adams in the game. Yeah. He is the, in my opinion, the MVP of the season so far. Mm-hmm. We could have a whole show on what I think about Steven Adams. Uh, he's always been a, a big lug, a hard screen setter, and a good rebounder. Mm-hmm. But if you dive into what he does for Ja in particular, setting mm-hmm. that screen, because many times he's setting the screen up high and then he's screening hit the second guy when Ja uh, kind of puts the brakes on. Ja's got that famous move where he will go mm-hmm. off the screen, sit down, dribble in between his legs, and wait for Steven Adams to go around to screen the next guy 
to get the layup. It's yep. it's incredible. Uh, and it's something, I mean, most of my basketball experience is watching the Grizzlies, so I don't know if that's happened a lot, but I've yeah. never seen it before. <clears throat> yeah, it's they're a great one-two punch, man. And and Steven looked the part last night. He had 17 rebounds. He had so many, and, and like, he had 17 that he grabbed, and then he had probably another eight or 10 that he tapped out to somebody else and kept plays alive. Like, he looked good last night. That, that tip at midcourt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won every time. <laughs> right. And uh, especially the one where he tipped it out almost to the three-point line and he had a jaw in motion it was, it was incredible <laughs> yeah we got that that little clutch reverse dunk and uh it looked good but yeah uh if you want a little deeper dive on it, it's on our blog don't forget about that the number two bucksportspod.com uh check that out deep dive into the game and the stats from last night and then we get ready we got a back-to-back this weekend we play new year's eve at home uh against the new orleans pelicans in a big time uh division game we play First Sunday. place in the West, New Orleans. Yeah. yeah, and then we play Sunday against the up-and-coming Kings at home. Drew, this is the first time we are setting a, a franchise record this year for nationally televised games. Um, we've got about 15 on the books right now, which if you've been following along, you can see my blog about the old Grizz. Like, if you'd have told Little Rusty in 2002 that the Grizz were going to be on national TV 15 times, I'd have never believed you because – like there was nobody in the stands and all that, but it's just a product of of a great front office, getting good players, the development from the grit grind era. It's just really cool to see us getting recognized as a premier basketball team. And it's not just being a good basketball team. That that's what one thing that's important to note here because the Grizzlies during the green, grit and grind era had good basketball teams. Right. But the brand of basketball that the Grizzlies play is fun. Yeah. The grit and grind Grizzlies we're playing 1980s basketball yeah. in 2011 to 2015. Yeah. They were playing a brand of basketball that was not aesthetically pleasing. It not worked. <laughs> and it was a brand of basketball that the only people that liked watching it were Grizzlies fans. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so John Morant and the uh, that motion offense that they run coupled with just any time you turn John Morant on the TV – He's going to impress yeah. you. And it's so, must see TV, and, and we haven't had that yet. And it and it's not like Dame Lillard, who you know he's going to put up points and he's going to score from. It's you're impressed by his scoring, his passing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you like to watch the attitude, or I do. Yeah. And oh, so, yeah. yeah, he's just much must see TV. Yeah, when he when they call that timeout late in the game, and after he hit that big three, and he gritty to the sideline, he's like that's what we need. That's what <laughs> it, we need. In his jaw ones. Yeah, man. In the new pink, man. I like the pink. I like the pink last night. Uh, I've always said, uh, and I I stand by it, as soon as they're on sale, I will be in the lottery or however they determine who gets them. I will get a pair, and I don't care what size they are because they're going to go in a case. Yeah. However, I would buy a second pair if they – came in something other than pink or purple <laughs> I'm, waiting on them to, I'm, wearing those. I'm telling you i'm waiting on him to drop those vancouver colors with that teal and black if those come out yeah, dude, i'm yes, buying them all i'll yes. buy three number 13s put them up in the house and wear one <laughs> I, i'll just make one color for the rednecks of mississippi who <laughs> primarily wear carhartt you know yeah, that's right. so, uh give me one color okay that's yeah. all i'm asking for <laughs> Well, uh, right. yeah, man, great, great talking about the Grizz, but uh, we got a purpose here. First, we need to touch on one other great happening this week, talking about college football. We'll shift gears. And uh, Drew, what happened to your Rebs the other night, man? 
Well, uh, where to start? So what I've told you, I've been consistent about this, and I'm glad I got ahead of it on the front end. But what bowls are uh, come down to is one team wants to be there and one team don't care. And unfortunately for Ole Miss, I even Lane treated it as an exhibition, and that bothers me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with the team coming out flat because this is not the goals that even you thought this was not a, a playing in the Texas Bowl was not a goal that you had midseason. You thought you were past this. And to rally up for a what is, and I stand by it, it's a meaningless game. It is an exhibition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a What's fun about it is it's in a NFL stadium and it's against a team that typically you don't play, but heck, Ole Miss has played Texas Tech in every sport every year, it seems like. And so it's it's a team that even for a bowl games you you're familiar with you know, mm-hmm. and so as a fan I wasn't just over the moon about it I wasn't counting down the minutes until kickoff, um, and that seemed like the team felt the same way about it, mm-hmm. and Lane he went for it on every fourth down and. I love it, and I had this argument with guys I worked with yesterday who are primarily Mississippi State fans, but they just – you can't do it. You can't do it. You know, can't do it. And my problem is not with going for it, with the exception of the time he went for it on fourth and one from our own 11-yard line. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's just – that's not respecting the game. As it's on brand, but yeah. it's on brand. Yeah, that is an extreme, but – my problem is not with going for it because on every situation you tout your team as as a team that can run the ball extremely well, mm-hmm. but and you got it to fourth and one, but at the same time our offensive line was getting manhandled. Our defensive mm-hmm. line got manhandled in the trenches. We lost that game convincingly on every on every facet of it, and so to continually run a zone read from the shotgun on fourth and one in between the tackles and to lose yardage every time about the fourth or fifth time that they went for it on fourth down and didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I just threw my hands up because I know what analytics saying. you can say analytics and I believe in analytics. I believe analytics mm-hmm. are, are valid, but to continue continually do the same thing and blame it on analytics like that after the, uh, after the game at the press conference, Lane said, you know, that's what the book, told us to do the analytics books and i was like okay well you know there's also a feel to this that that you're that's the if it was surely analytics then let's just play this on a video game and let's let's let the book call the plays Mm -hmm. but you've got that feel for the game and you've got to know like man like i know quinshawn judkins is elite running back and he was the best running back in the sec this year but if you're seeing the same game I'm seeing, and if you see your offensive line getting bullied all game, let's do something different. Yeah, you know, and almost had no business being in that game in the first half. At halftime, it was respectable, and the game wasn't the the you watched it. It was an ugly game, and Texas Tech just kept turning the ball back over to us. Like they they played well offensively, they just couldn't keep from turning the ball over, mm-hmm. and and Ole Miss defense, I believe they gave up 42 points, but they played well considering the fact that we gave That's the ball field. short field all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I meant to look it up and forgive me for not, 
but I know that there had to be at least 10 turnovers in that game by Ole Miss if you consider a miss, a non-conversion on fourth down, a turnover, because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the picks was a fourth down pick by uh, Jackson Dart, uh, basically an arm punt, the old Phillip Rivers special, Mm -hmm. to where you just threw a deep route into double coverage, and if the guy caught it, fine. If he picked it, it's better than incomplete. You know, Mm -hmm. the defender should have just batted it down, and they'd have got it on their own. I mean, right. Ole Miss is 30-yard line, mm-hmm. but he picked it. And so um, I will say this, though. Um, I know that it did not go well, and I believe the game plan was bad. I believe the play calling was bad in crucial situations. But Jackson Dart has impressed me with his toughness. Uh, that boy, he he is a sophomore. It's his first year as, the starting, as a starting mm-hmm. quarterback to have the whole team – and there's been throws that you've met, that he's missed. There's been some growing pains with that because uh, just to call him a transfer to come in from USC, he was, should have never been billed as a savior, not at this time. But I see a foundation on that guy because he was banged up yesterday, mm-hmm. and he's been banged up throughout the season with different nagging injuries. Mm-hmm. But, man, he has, he has shown the stones to be able to – pick himself back up and to lead a team now hopefully we can fix the decision making but there's some quality some matt corral-esque qualities to just the mental toughness of the guy if you can just figure out the 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 decision making and being on time uh, he's got a future here if he can put that together and so i'm hoping uh you're you're going to need to get some depth behind him because like i said last time you you don't have a second string quarterback right now right um but uh, I, I can see something with him. Uh, he's got character about him. He's got the gumption to to carry the load. Uh, we just need to kind of fix, and hopefully an offseason yeah. in the program, in the playbook, can fix that. Uh, but I, I I can see promise in him. But, yeah, yeah. O- overwhelmingly, I left that that game was just uh, – I turned it off, if I'm being honest. Uh, it was – there's nothing worse than staying up late to watch a game of your favorite team and them just get hosed. You know, <laughs> you just like the Grizzlies playing a 9:30 game out west. Like you just don't have much slack in my book. Like make it, make it worth my while. And when they went down three scores in the fourth quarter, I was done. Mm-hmm. And so they ended up making it. I think a two-score game. It was 42-25. So 17. So there was still a three-score game, but. It was it was just bad, and it was it was bad on preparation. It was a bad game plan, and it was on lane. I, I believe that it needed to be. Uh, I believe that it needed to be taken a little bit more seriously, and maybe it was, and it just got out of hand. But um, who knows? I think it it probably snowballed on him more than mm-hmm. that was the game plan. You miss mm-hmm. the first three, and you get desperate because you're down by two scores at that point. Right. Right. But I just you, you yeah. gotta do a little bit better. Yeah, I think it starts with the head coach too. You know, um, there was right before the game, uh, there were some circulating things on Twitter that he was out uh, liking some sorority girls' uh, tweets and pictures from the stands, and he seemed a little bit distracted, and so it uh, probably bled over into the game plan and execution in the, at the beginning I of the mean, game. <laughs> you just that's just wrong. That dude has been an upstanding citizen. He's kept his nose clean. Sure. Let's sure. let's not just play into the stereotype just so you can find a way to hate on the guy because you cheer for the other team. 
I'm just, I'm just reporting facts. That's all I'm saying. I'm well, yeah, saying it's Ole Miss. There are pretty girls everywhere. And if, that, <laughs> if, and if he cared that much about it, then we'd be 0-12 this year because he's, <laughs> he's got there's enough to look at there. Sure. If he just, a, to. just a simple observation, all yeah, it was. But, simple uh, observation from a hater who's looking for a reason to hate. <laughs> uh, we'll but, never be able to cover Ole Miss uh, without you chirping in. They, they could – cure cancer and you'd be like yeah you know what i just i don't trust it <laughs> that might be fair but we'll see what happens that they come it's absolutely fair <laughs> uh i i did i gave him a shout out on twitter and and i i props for the the helmet sticker it was a really cool yeah, you gave him a, a shout out for doing something to uh to honor a mississippi state coach yeah. you would yeah if you did if that was a alabama coach that they were commemorating you would have been like oh that's soft you know, you're just playing to the, you're just, you're just placating, you know, like maybe you know, we'll see. It's got to we'll have see. a Mississippi state angle for you to give them a credit. I'll tell you what, I'll see if I can come up with one nice thing to say about Ole Miss before the next podcast. Good Lord. You're going to be working all week. That's going to take a while. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, the reason why we did have, we were not, I did not want to have a special podcast to dissect the Ole Miss Texas bowl, <laughs> uh, because, I've I've said too much already. I've I've spent more time thinking about it than what I want to. The reason why we did have the special edition of the Two Buck Sports Podcast is to dissect the two playoff games that happen tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow night. Absolutely. Um, and these games, unlike the Ole Miss Texas Tech game, are games that everybody can get rally around and get excited about. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, these are these are the games that count, even though you've got some players and I still don't understand this from Ohio State that are opting out and decided to, to forego the, the the semifinal game for the draft. That's their business. This is these are monster games. And Drew, we were talking about it all fair. Like, I think these are going to be some pretty good games. The Georgia Ohio State game, I'm not as convinced. I, I just really think Georgia is a much better team, especially when with uh, the last product we have from Ohio State in that Michigan game getting kind of kind of, you know, run over through and around by Michigan. Uh, but I'm really excited about the Michigan TCU game. This is a, this, this smells or feels like one of those, like those, those, those non power five games from back in the day, like the Boise state, the Fresno state feels more like that than the Hawaii team that got just molly by Georgia. This feels like a team that can make, that, that could give Michigan a game, if not beat them. Well, and let's give, TCU a little bit more credit than that. They are in a Power Five. Sure, no, no, yeah, I hear you. Now. I hear you. And they did win out. It I is, mean, they they lost. They went twelve and zero in a Power Five conference. Now we can debate the validity to the Big Twelve, but there's still some good teams there. And that's not the point I was trying to make. The point is just that they're an underdog and they're not your traditional blue blood. They're not your traditional. This is to me one of the first like non-traditional. This is like a like a like a mid. Not, again, not they're not Cincinnati from last but, year. Right, but there. This yeah. feels like the first of those teams that has a chance, is what I'm trying to say. Like okay. this feels like the first. Of, they're not going to be the Hawaii team that got there and got destroyed by Georgia. This feels like a Boise State team that's kind of overlooked. Not necessarily. Don't necessarily, you know, quote unquote, belong there. But they can. They can make an impact and beat Michigan. Right. They're not Cincinnati. If I had to, they feel kind of like when uh, Michigan State came in in the first year of the playoff in 2014 and mm -hmm. played Alabama. Now I'm hoping that the result is not the same. Uh, can you remember a time in which two of the four teams of the playoff are coming off losses? Yeah. Uh, That's strange. It, 
I'm so glad, and we talked about this when it came out. I'm so glad that TCU got in because I believe they deserve to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio State has some thank you letters that they should have sent out by now. Absolutely. Um, because they were not, they, they did take a lot of help. It took uh, South Carolina beating Tennessee, mm-hmm. it took USC getting beat by Utah. They've got some thank you letters to send out. But let's, let's sit down on each of these, and we'll start with uh, the first game that comes on tomorrow, and that is TCU versus Michigan. Mm-hmm. This is the game, uh, as we were speaking off air, this is the game I'm most excited about mm-hmm. because it is the game in which I have a clear team that I'm rooting for. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it comes to sports, I'm not a gambler. I'm not a sports gambler. Uh, it's not legal in the state of Mississippi as of right now, so that's why. Yeah. And yeah, so sure. I know you can always find a bet. You can always find a rooting interest based on who you bet on, typically. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's what makes a lot of these games fun. If Ole Miss mm-hmm. is not playing, you find a side you want to bet, and then you cheer like heck for that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't have a betting interest in this game, but TCU is the only team that I can look at and be like, yeah, I want them to win. Sure. And uh, I don't cheer for Michigan. I, I, I don't really hate Michigan. Uh, Michigan kind of feels like uh, Nebraska, you know, how you always heard about the lore of Michigan. But now I feel like they've earned the right to be. But they feel like an established power now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm rooting against them. And I'm rooting for TCU, the the first-year head coach with the, yeah. the underdog quarterback who's tough as nails. And yeah. the story, I'm rooting for the story of TCU right now. And that's mm-hmm. the team I can see myself rooting for over Georgia, Ohio State, or Michigan. Like, that's right. the team that I can look at and be like, yeah, I want that team to win. Yeah. You know, like you said, you nailed it, man. Max Duggan has been fun to watch this year. He's a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, just tough, man. And, and I, you know, even their loss against Kansas State was a gutsy performance uh, because they just got after him. And some of the play calling was a little suspect and he just looked like during the game, there was tweet after tweet of, you know, Peter Griffin laying in just a lump and saying, this is Max Duggan after every play right now, because for whatever reason, K-State game plan, play calling, whatever, they had a great plan for him, but it did not rule out what they had done the rest of the year. Uh, well, and you know, Sonny Dykes took that game out of Duggan's hand at the end. Right, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Right, and, and that was unfortunate to see because he was having such a great game. But I'm a fan of Sonny Dykes. He's a part of the Mike Leach coaching tree. They've already said they're going to wear some pirate flags in honor of him. Right. Um, I'm going to do some stuff for that. But, I mean, Duggan finished the year. He's a solid quarterback. He had 3,300 yards passing. He had 30 touchdowns, four picks. I mean, again, you could say the Big 12 defense isn't, you know, much, but those are still great numbers. Um, I feel like TCU has got a puncher's chance. Michigan, what they do well is they run the football. TCU has stopped the run fairly well. And so I've got the stats pulled up on that. If you want to, if you want to know the the actual stats, so uh, yards rushing per game, Michigan is is rushing for 243 rushing yards per game. But they're going to be missing Blake Corum, their their number one stud running back. Right, and that that matters. But their backup is. Is Not really bad. good too. Uh, <laughs> TCU gives up 150 rushing yards a game, so they're pretty stingy on that as well. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they're—I mean—they're not world beaters by any means, but it, they do a defense, good job. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they only allow 25. TCU only allows 25 points per game. Both mm-hmm. teams, uh, stunning points per game for both teams. Michigan 
scores 40.1 points per game, TCU 40.3. Uh, the difference would be how much the defenses give up, and Michigan only has given up an average of 13.4 points per game to mm-hmm. TCU 25. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, defense wins championships, sure, but yeah, I think that's the case this time. Yeah, I agree. These are these are two like pretty solid defenses, and so it'll be fun to watch and see what happens. Particularly, you know, late in the game. In the first half, they're both going to be kind of feeling each other out. It's going to be like a boxing match with a lot of jabs and quick hits, just to see where they can get some some soft, you know, some find some areas that they could capitalize. Uh, but in the second half, it's who makes those adjustments and shows up on defense. So, do you have a pick for this game? Like, I think we both want TCU to win. Do you think mm-hmm. TCU wins? I'll go first. I, yeah, I do. I mean, I do. I think I think TCU wins. I think they have the I think they have the toughness. They have the ability to control the football. Their defense is good enough to step up and make plays. I, again, like uh, Edwards is a great running back, but Corum was phenomenal this year for Michigan. I think and, that what you just said about the ball control and the defense that TCU does well, Michigan does better, and so I think that that Michigan wins the game ultimately and i think what will be probably a two and a half hour college football game unless there's a lot of turnovers which you don't hear uh college football games lasting any less than three hours 45 minutes to four hours these days Mm -hmm. this has got the recipe to be a quick football game Mm -hmm. and if so i think it's because michigan just kind of lays on them for a little while yeah, and I just don't I don't know that I see that happening. TCU is tough. They're a spirited football team. They don't turn the ball over a lot, and neither does Michigan. Um TCU is averaging uh like 0.3 interceptions a game again, only through four this year. Um, so I mean it's it should be a, it should be a good matchup. I think TCU has has the dogs to beat them. And you know, I've been the kiss of death all year, so that's probably uh what that's gonna look like for the Horn Frogs. I apologize to TCU fans, but I think they get it done, man. I just like their quarterback, and I like Sonny Dykes and the direction he's he's taking that team so quickly. Uh, yeah, I'll take TCU. Okay. You're taking TCU. Uh, money line, uh, they are seven-and-a-half-point dog to Michigan. Mm-hmm. So I will uh, – I think Michigan wins. I'm by no means rooting for it, and I hope I'm wrong. Um, the next game, uh, 7 o'clock p.m. Central time, uh, Ohio State and Georgia. Georgia just – world beaters so far this year they've lost a couple close ones but Mm -hmm. it's college football weird things happen they what matters is they came out yeah the other side with a win uh and more times not very convincingly so uh georgia is minus six in this game to uh to win a hundred bucks on a georgia bet you've got to bet a hundred i'm sorry 250 dollars and a 205 dollar bet for ohio state uh, I'm sorry, a hundred dollar bet for Ohio State would win you two oh five and you would have to bet two fifty to win a hundred for Georgia. So uh pretty yeah. pretty you, you gotta put your money where your mouth is if you're gonna bet Georgia on this one. Mm-hmm. You gotta bet and a lot of money. You said yeah, you said there's six and a half. Uh six. Six. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh no, yeah, it is six. Uh, ESPN says the spread consensus pick, 75% of the money has been on Georgia minus six and a half. So I'm guessing that means the line has dropped. That's the drop. Made it, they dropped it to six because too much money was coming in. What's the uh, over-under on it? Do you have that pulled up? Um, Give me a second. 
Yeah, uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go oh, way. It, here up. it is. It's six. It's sixty-two. Sixty-two. Yeah. What seems low. It does, but it, but at the same time, in like historically outside of an absolute rout, um, you know these games are fairly low scoring. It's usually defensive games, just trying to figure each other out. Um, I, so I've got the schedule pulled up, and my thoughts are: I think the only the team that is most comparable to Georgia that Ohio State played this year was Michigan, um, and, and that lost. did not go well. Did not go well. You know, they played Notre Dame early, and Notre Dame started off like they beat them 21-10, but Notre Dame finished the season well, but they did not start well. Um, no, they, the, they definitely had to take their training wheels off midseason. The three ranked teams that they played, Notre Dame was fifth at the time, and that obviously that was way overranked. They worked their way back into the top 20, but they weren't the number five overall team this year. Um, they beat Penn State, and that game was really close until late. They beat them 44-31, so they kind of pulled away a little bit late. Um, and then they played Michigan and they got just embarrassed. And so their toughest opponents, they did not play well versus Georgia. Georgia showed up in the big games and they just decimated Oregon. They, they bullied Tennessee. They bullied LSU in the SEC championship game. Like the team, the good teams that they played, they beat them just like they were playing Vanderbilt and Sanford. And repeat titles this year. Uh, it goes to note uh, in the college football playoff, there's never been a repeat winner. And mm-hmm. so maybe the bet is the field. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it's Ohio state. Uh, I actually feel strongly about Georgia over Ohio state more than I feel Michigan over TCU. And maybe that's silly because CJ Stroud is still the quarterback. He's got uh He's passed for 3,300 yards, 30 touchdowns, and six interceptions on the year. He's been absolutely incredible. Uh, Team stat-wise, Ohio State's putting up 44.5 points per game versus Georgia's defense, who's only allowing 12.8 points per game. But that Mm -hmm. also works the other way because Georgia's put up 39 points per game, and Ohio State only gives up 19.3 points per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia and Ohio State's offense in terms of yardage. Ohio State puts up 493 yards per game versus Georgia's 491. Um, and Georgia, and they've both been relatively balanced. Uh, in the high 200s, uh, Ohio State 294 yards passing per game, mm-hmm. 199 rushing. For Georgia, 285 passing yards per game versus 207 yards rushing. You're looking at balanced, balanced, balanced offenses and really good defenses. But I believe that Georgia's is just elite. Like, I mean, this is 85 Bears defense here. Yeah, Um, and and Georgia has got this the experience in this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've got. I want about. Say what you want about Stetson Bennett, but he's done it before. He's done it at the high school level, the junior college level, and now the in the Division One level. So, I mean, he's played really good football all throughout his career. Um, I think the other thing they have for him is when I'm having a tough day and I can't get myself going, get myself motivated, I'll pull up that Kirby Smart Florida halftime speech. I'll pull up anything Kirby Smart says. 
versus you, you know, phenomenal motivator, great guy to just rally the troops. Ryan Day, I don't believe in. I feel like he inherited a, you know, like you, we've said on here before, he hit a, he woke up on third, he was born on third base and thought he hit a triple, right? Um, well, that's that's what a lot of Ohio State fans think. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. believe that. I don't uh, know that he's he's quite the coach and the and the guy that Kirby Kirby Smart is. Um, I think that um, he's going to have those those guys ready to play, ready to play football. Um, this is only the second time Georgia and Ohio State have ever played. Uh, the last time was in 1993. Oh, really? 1993, Georgia won 21 to 14. Um, the only other time they've 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 played each other. Um. Yeah, my stance on bowl games is out the window when it comes to the playoff games because mm-hmm. I don't believe it's who wants it more because I I genuinely believe that if you're in this position, you want this more than you want anything in the world. Right. And so uh, it really – it's just – I think Georgia's better. I think they're mm-hmm. more seasoned. I know that they know how to win in these mm-hmm. games. Like Michigan, I expect to do to TCU, I believe that – Georgia has the ability and the talent to just sit on Ohio mm-hmm. State for the majority of the game. Right. Um, they don't have to be flashy, and mm-hmm. most times they're not offensively. They let Stetson Bennett play that A.J. McCarron role, honestly. Mm-hmm. And th- they're not going to – he can stretch the field and surprise them some. But I believe it's three yards in a cloud of dust with a lot of play action. Uh well, I mean, when you have a guy, so well. when you have a guy like Brock Bowers, I mean, we haven't even mentioned his name yet. I mean, he's one of the best. Funny, I was going to bring him up. I mean, he's going to be best, a game breaker. Yeah, I mean, one of the best tight ends I've ever seen play. He plays it like a like a receiver. He's so good in space, and that's it, man. You run the ball effectively. You run a play action pass and get him on a six, seven, eight yard out and get him in space, and he can score in a heartbeat. Right. Um. He he is elite, and Georgia. No matter how many defensive players they lose in the draft every year, they've got that many coming up. Jalen Carter is unbelievable. I watched him against Mississippi State when he was in the game. I read this not all that long ago, and I could probably look it up to get the exact number, but we averaged about two to three yards less per play with Jalen Carter on the field because somebody that big, like he's like Jordan, he's not as big as Jordan Davis, but he's just infinitely quicker. But it's just as much of a game wrecker because he defends the run super well. Because he occupies two blockers, he can pass rush. I mean, he's just so good. He is the he's Terrence Cody. You know, Vince yep. Wilfork never put had huge sack numbers, but man, right. you felt him. And he was a disruptor. As an Ole Miss fan, that's what Robert Kimdichie, who was you know the number one player in the country coming in, and he mm-hmm. never put up the the numbers because they didn't put him on the outside. They right. put him in between the tackles, uh, or in between the guards, and told him to just go make it life difficult. And, and that's so yeah. That's, that's it. what Carter does for for uh George as well. And, and once again they've got two middle linebackers that can absolutely run and so they can right. they can create havoc up front and let those guys run and make plays like they're supposed to do. They've got they'll creep that strong safety up. Uh Kirby Smart loves playing that safety close to the line of scrimmage because that's his background. Uh, I just think Georgia's defense is too tough, even though, I mean, Ohio State has some playmakers. Marvin Harrison at 1,300 yards. Marvin Harrison Jr. had 1,300 yards receiving this year. Had a great year, but uh, Georgia's just got just got too many athletes. Yeah, look at what they can do on the outside if Georgia's able to to limit Marvin Harrison Jr. better because you don't have Njigba mm-hmm. on the opposite side. Right. Uh, you're able to maybe roll that safety over on to shade Harrison and – 
I know they've got the guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got they've got a stable of receivers. Just we'll see who if they were able to make a, a third option available. Yeah. And then uh, if uh, Brock Bowers can't do it on offense, man, just give it to Darnell Washington. I mean, he's 6'7", 270, and runs like a 4'6", 4'7". That's just – that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's unfair, really. And so I I think it's safe to say we both go in Georgia on this one. Yeah, this is pretty uh, easy. So you'll have uh, – if you're picking Georgia TCU in the final, mm-hmm. and, and I think it'll go chalk. I think it'll be Georgia and Michigan. And right. – I'll be honest with you, Georgia-Michigan sounds like a heck of a lot of fun next week. Or yeah. I guess it'll be a week after next. Then typically like the Monday night. It's the um, Monday. It'll be uh, January the 9th. It'll be Monday the 9th. Monday of January, mm-hmm. typically. Monday the 9th. And it'll give us give us a good time to talk about it next week and kind of dissect those matchups. I think either one, Georgia-TCU, Georgia-Michigan, would be a fun football game. I think Michigan would be more competitive against Georgia. Um, what do you think the line would be? in a Georgia TCU championship game? I think it would start probably somewhere around 10. Oh, I was going to go higher. I think it would probably start around like 10. 12 10 and a half, 13. Wow. That's bold, man. Well, I just, you've got the, the known quantity. And I think if it's at 10, people are going to hammer Georgia. And Vegas wants to have the same amount of bets on either side. And so they're going to make TCU fans bet that down. And I, think I don't a lot think of that it, number is big enough to – to bet TCU. I don't think 10 is big enough to bet TCU. Maybe, but at the same time, like it depends on what, how that game goes tomorrow afternoon. If TCU comes out and just boat races, true, Michigan, true. Uh, right. then that's one thing, but if it's a close, you know, if it's a close, close game. Yeah. I think just, yeah, you're probably right. Somewhere in that 10 to 12 range is probably where it'll start. It depends on where the money could starts coming in. They'll adjust it quickly. But um, I think the, if it's Michigan, it's probably no more than four and a half, maybe five. Right. Yeah. I would, I think, that there's an obvious top two, and I said mm-hmm. that going into this. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that Georgia and Michigan are the two best teams, and then there's a tier break. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the second tier past that, mm-hmm. and that's where you got into uh, TCUs and Ohio State, USC, whoever you want to mm-hmm. fill in there. Uh, I just think that Michigan and Georgia are head and shoulders above everybody else, and we'll see. Uh, yep. Certainly, I won't, I'd love to see TCU win the whole thing. Yeah, and I sure. would cheer for them regardless. Uh, I just don't see it. And so we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the thing about college football is a lot of times you're going to get some upsets. You just don't mm-hmm. typically see them here. Yeah, you're right. But um, it's got to happen once, you know, and uh, that's why they play the game. And if anybody can do it, it's TCU. I think they're tough. Uh, as I said earlier, I, I just think we're in for a couple of really good. I think tomorrow's going to be a good day of football. And uh the 12 team playoff, I know it starts in 24, but that's the regular season, 24 season, right? So it actually started in 25. No, it starts at the end of the 24 season. So yeah, okay. it would start, it would no. start around new years or whenever they decide to start yeah. it. What I'm getting at is this, we've got one more year of the 14 mm-hmm. playoff before right. we get to the 12 team. Okay. Yeah. And they, they, they solidified that because if they didn't, like, I think they showed they'd miss out on like $450 million in revenue if they didn't get it done. So they, they solidified it for 24. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for the 12 team playoff. The rest of the bowl games, I don't even care if you televise them. <laughs> At that point, um, we'll hit this because our mutual friend and good buddy Lauren Massey, uh, big the only uh, fan of the Illinois Fighting Illini that I know, mm-hmm. uh, sent us a text message in a group thread, told us to talk about it on the podcast. Yep. Uh, 
former four-star quarterback, Starville High School alumni, mm-hmm. uh, and Ole Miss player uh, Luke Altmeyer has entered the transfer portal uh, and has said that he's going to Illinois. Mm-hmm. I think that Lauren should be really excited about this. Uh, yeah, he's a good my player. Sc- my scouting report on Luke Altmeyer is that he's a really good quarterback. Uh, I don't know that he would have made it at an SEC level because whereas he's got the feet to get out and move in the pocket, he doesn't really – he's never really shown to be the guy that has elite mm-hmm. athleticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a very cerebral quarterback who makes good decisions, and I think he'd be really good for Illinois. And yeah. I wish that uh, he was probably – had a had an offseason to – to prepare for this Mississippi State game because I'd really love to cheer for him against State uh, <laughs> next week. Well, you never know what will work out. But, yeah, uh, shout-out to Lauren doing some field, field reporting for us there. He uh, He's actually down for the game right now. And, uh, oh, yeah. He uh, sent me a picture that I'm going to put on our, our uh, on our social medias here in a minute give him a shout-out of them. Uh, yeah enjoying some of the local sites there. And, you know, we may have to get a, get a live report from him sometime in the not-so-distant future. You know, that's – uh. You should go down. You should go down to Tampa yeah, and uh, and meet up with Lauren, and then uh, the two of you guys can get get in with me on a Skype call afterwards, <laughs> and we can record it uh, for a post game recap of the uh, what is it the Gasparilla Bowl? What is it? The ReliQuest, Reli- out, former Outback, the ReliQuest Bowl. ReliQuest. What does ReliQuest as a company do, Rusty? Um, uh, if I had to guess, it was something with either auto parts or mortgages. That's probably about as boring as it gets. I'm going to say that they are, um, uh, space fighters, much uh, like, uh, galaxy quest. Uh, well, they, they are the most reliable space fighters of all time. You're close. You're actually probably closer than I am. They are a, uh, computer security software. So they're fighting, uh, they're fighting viruses and aliens on your computer, I guess. Huh? Okay, well, they could probably lock down all these uh these people that call me 18 times a day trying to sell me warranties on uh, yeah. the cars that they think I have. There it is. So, well, this all right, Rusty. Fun. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to do this. Uh, it's fun being able to uh, instead of catching a whole week, uh, mm-hmm. catch what's coming up next. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really sitting, being able to sit down on topics, maybe something we look at a little bit more often. Yeah, be into big, big things. Yeah, be uh, be following our social medias, the number two Buck Sports Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we may uh, do some more special breaking episodes like this for big games, big sports breaking news, because this has been a lot of fun and uh, nothing else. We get to just sit and 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 you know chat a little bit. Uh, talking about sports is always a good time. Yeah, and feel free to share it with your friends too. Uh, if uh, if I had a uh, the ability. Like YouTube, if you refer a friend, you get fifty dollars uh, for mm-hmm. YouTube TV. Uh, if I had the funds to, uh, what could we give our listeners if they could prove that they referred a friend who who subscribed to our Spotify channel? You know, I think we could probably get a bunch of stickers pretty cheap. We might at least get like a water bottle or a Mac, you know, a computer sticker to start. Uh, or I'm thinking more along the lines of a shout out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We'll get our logo out there, man. It may help, or uh, you know, you I will, never know uh, come down the pipe. I'll start a cameo channel, and is. I will send out uh, personalized thank you notes, uh, and also <laughs> congratulate you on your weddings or birthdays. Exactly. Uh, if you refer a friend, 
There so just uh, send the receipts uh, to Two Bucks Sports Pod on Twitter or Instagram. Just slide in our DMs, and uh, also uh, like you, like Rusty said, please like and subscribe. But also uh, turn on your notifications too on Snap on uh, I'm sorry, not Snapchat. We're not doing that. We're too old. Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, <laughs> we're almost too old for Instagram. Um, <laughs> turn on your notifications for live uh, videos on Instagram because it is something we've talked about doing uh for big games doing a a post game live stream on mm-hmm. Instagram just yep. kind of what we're thinking at the time if we can yep. get that together we really want to start doing that so yep. turn on your notifications thank you guys for listening uh, like rate subscribe five stars five stars five stars <laughs> there it is yeah uh like uncle buck said thanks for being here guys i hope that everybody has a happy new year and that 2023 is your best year yet we'll see y'all next year for our first podcast of the year hey does this mean we've been doing a podcast for two years now since we've spanned two years hey we're, we're internationally known we're a two-year podcast let's go yeah okay <laughs> so whatever makes us look good that's what we're gonna do that's right all right guys see y'all next week All right. Bye, guys. Happy New Year.